0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let me get my nose pulled up. I, I got my new glasses on, so I should be able to read this. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Family, we are now using Linktree. This allows us to connect all online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offering along with social media platforms all in one place. When you uh, scan the QR code, which is located in the worship guide, and if you have your worship guide, it's this QR code right here. If you scan that with your phone's camera, you get a short link when clicked navigates to a web page with a list of every link you would need concerning our church. If you're a guest today, welcome. You're, you are welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code like located in the Worship Glide and click on the link provided for um, the church and then click on the menu item for first-time guests. We would love to get to know you. So please scan that, um, uh, scan that QR code and uh, fill out that, that um, visitor information. At the Villas Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offering is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church by scanning the QR um, link tree code, which is located in the worship guide, and using um, the menu item entitled TVC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our webpage. Or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, not only do we get to join together and sing, and hear the preached word, but we also get to celebrate in seeing the word in communion. On July 19th, the women's fellowship at uh, five uh, there will be women's fellowship at 5:30, followed by Bible study at six. And on July 23rd, um, lead servants' church calendar meeting is at 9:30 a.m. to noon here at the church. Please RSVP for that meeting in Flock Note if you plan to attend. These are your announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Amen. And now for our song of meditation, which is still me, so I get to stay right here. This is one of my favorite songs. And it simply says, Come to the altar. Amen. If you're hurting or you're broken or you're weary and tired, There's a place for you at the altar, at the feet of our Savior who's capable of all things. Amen.
1: Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is called. Have you come to the end of the Do you thirst for his from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. regrets and mistakes Come today There's no reason to wait Jesus is calling yes. Yes. Bring your sorrows And faith and joy From the ashes A new life is born Jesus is calling God with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was God with the precious blood of come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of he oh, come to say oh come to the altar the father's Was God with the press one more time say oh come to the altar say hey, oh come to the altar the father's arms father's arms oh, are yeah. forgiveness was God with Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. Jesus is calling.
0: Amen. Now for our call to worship, which comes from Jesus' name above all names. I'll read the part that says leader and you follow in the part that says congregation. Jesus' name above all names beautiful Savior, glorious Lord. Emmanuel, God is with us. Blessed the living Amen. This is an old easy song that says God has smiled on me. Amen. I don't know about you, but I get real happy when I think that God has smiled on me. Amen. Y'all can clap. It's okay. Come on.
2: awesome job week after week. Don't get enough thanks. Y'all are awesome. And I must say to everyone here, you all look beautiful. The names of the famous Mr. Lee and the words of the famous Mr. Lee, you all look beautiful. Uh, I was thinking about that a song we did first. I don't know if I've heard that it'll come to the altar, but it always, those words remind me of from Hebrews and how The description of the author of Hebrews talks about the altar and the the holy of holies, the most holy place, and how uh, prior to Jesus coming, we did not have access to that mercy seat. But through the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, the way has been made for us to enter into his presence and receive mercy, forgiveness, and grace because of the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf always just uh, stirs something in my heart just to think about what Jesus has done for me and for, for each of us. Uh, we're going to enter into a time of praise, so uh, bow your heads with me as we, as we pray. Father God, I do thank you for Jesus, how through his blood the sacrifice of his body, we are able to enter into your presence. We just thank you that he lived the life perfect, sinless, spotless that we could not live. He took our sins upon him and died the death that we deserved. And then rose again so that we could have eternal life in him. And in exchange for our sins, he gives us his spotless righteousness. And we can enter into your presence now. So we thank you, Father, for him. We praise you for that unbelievable act of grace on our behalf we just, as we've seen these pictures from the James Webb telescope this past week, it just reminds us of how you have always been there as far back in time as we can think you've been there and the beauty of your creation. Everywhere we look is amazing. We just praise you for that father. How You have orchestrated all of this by the word of your power. From the mightiest thing in the skies down to the smallest particle that we know. So, Father, we just thank you that you hold all things together by the word of your power, that there's nothing that happens apart from you allowing it to happen. Father, there's just not enough words of praise to lift up here today. We just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our confession of faith comes from the Heidelberg Catechism. Question number six. I will ask the question, and then all of us will, answer, will uh, repeat the, question, the answer uh, together. So question number 66 is, what are the sacraments? The sacraments are visible, holy se- seals by God for this end, that by their use he may the more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel, namely that of free grace he grants us the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life for the sake of the one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need. So that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. I'm actually in the wrong. I was going, that seemed very straight. I apologize. <laughs> Let's reset that. That's, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened before, but thank you all for having all the grace with me right there. I was in Second Corinthians there. All right, I apologize. I know, I shouldn't use my phone for this. Okay, now I am set up. James James 5, 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the... Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, let's let's pray. Oh, Father God, I thank you for humility, <laughs> that we can all be part of this community, and uh, even mess up a little bit we know that we have love here and that uh, there's forgiveness and uh, we can move forward so i just thank you for that i pray for every person here uh, particularly those who are suffering and um, suffering from mental health issues i just pray for each one of us in that situation that you give us wisdom with how best to deal with that that you give us the courage to go seek help when we're suffering from mental health issues, uh, and that as a community, we can come around each other in the midst of our suffering and bring healing, wounded healers, bringing each other into healing. Father, I pray for each person here as uh, may be suffering from broken relationships, broken finances, broken job, whatever it may be, I pray for your spirit to meet us where you are, where we are, but not leave us there. Draw us into your presence. Bring people into our lives that can help us, that can um, bring about the kind of healing that we need, and particularly from within this church, Father. Um, All these things I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: for a double portion of God's word. Amen. I don't I don't think any of us can ever go wrong by reading more scripture. Amen. So I'll never complain when someone reads more scripture. This next song just talks of the goodness of God. Amen.
1: Awesome. Thank right. you. I'm so good man.
3: said that he believed he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you believe that? You sing about it, but do you really believe it? My name is Alex Shipman. I'm the senior pastor here at the Village Church. And if you're our guest joining us today, thank you so much uh, for um, being here with us. And if you have your worship guide, I do want to call your attention to the QR code here for all of our guests. If you will take a time to scan that out for the service, there's a guest form there we would like for you to fill out as one ways that we can connect with you and follow up with you um, as well. Now, if you have your Bible, please open it to James chapter 5, James chapter 5, not 2nd Corinthians, James chapter 5. <laughs> In the book... The, the speaker's uh, quote book, there's an illustration about a, a fisherman who's at sea with his godless companions when when a storm comes and threatens to sh- sink their ship. His friends beg him to pray, but he says, It's been a long time since I've done that, or even been in a church. And at their insistence, however, he, they, he finally cries out, Oh, Lord, I haven't asked anything of you in 15 years. And if you help us now, bring us to safely to land, I promise I won't bother you again for another 15. <laughs> now I know that's hilarious. But what do you think is the point of the fisherman's illustration? According to the book that I got this from, it says, Unfortunately, many people view prayer as an escape mechanism rather than a constant line of communication with God. Many people, even Christians, view prayer as an escape mechanism rather than a constant line of communication with our God. If you haven't already, open your Bible to James chapter 5. I will be preaching through verses 13 through 18. And the title of this sermon is The Rhythm of Prayer. The Rhythm of Prayer. The, the, my main point is prayer is a rhythm of God's grace that all believers can freely practice in their daily life. But do we? Prayer is an unforced rhythm of grace that all believers can practice freely. And with that said, let's pray. Holy Spirit, as we come to this time, I pray that you will move. I pray that you, thank you, sir. I pray that you will uh, use this time to strengthen your people here, because we can't strengthen ourselves in the faith, I and mean, we can't even understand Scripture apart from you. And so we are utterly dependent upon your power and your presence in our life. If you don't move today, we're just going through the motions. And if you don't move today, you know, this sermon will have no impact, no power in any of our lives. We are all broken people at the foot of the cross with our hands held high in need of more of Jesus, not less of him. We were, none of us will ever arrive at a place where we're going to graduate from grace where we're going to graduate from dependency upon you. The closer we get to you, the more we should see our need of you. So Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, move in our minds, move in our relationships, move in our struggles, move in our burdens. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, brother James asked three questions in chapter 5 here, verses 13 and verse 13 to 14. And these questions tap into different life experiences that we all go through. He asked, is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone cheerful? Is anyone among you sick? If your answer is yes, then there's something James wants you to do. He he wants you to pray Into those things. He wants prayer to to actually be a rhythm of God's grace in all the life experiences you go through. So, but what is prayer? What is it? The late Mrs. Coretta Scott King once said prayer is how we open our hearts to God, it's how we make that vital uh, connection that empowers us to overcome overwhelming obstacles and become instruments of God's grace and will. She says, I'm more convinced than ever before that prayer gives us the strength and hope, a sense of divine companionship as we struggle for justice and righteousness. I've loved those words from, from my mother in the faith. Can you take them to heart? Is your view of prayer more like Mrs. King or is it more like the fisherman in the illustration? Is prayer in your life an escape mechanism when you need Make that good grade on the test so you offer up that prayer. Or is it a constant line of communication with your Heavenly Father? Prayer opens your heart to God. It's how you make that vital connection that empowers you to overcome hardships. It's how you become an instrument of God's will. And prayer gives you strength. It gives you hope. It gives you a sense of divine companionship. Prayer is one of the ways you commune with God. Are you communing? James says, if anyone among you is suffering, let that person pray. But prayer isn't always our first response to suffering, is it? It's not. Usually our first response is emotional, which is fine. It's okay to feel hurt, sadness, anger, and fear when you're suffering. It's okay. The challenge is what did you do? with those feelings? What do you do with them? And there's a book I'm reading uh, that, that, that's uh, by a guy named, um, last name Dodd, and it deals with all these emotions. And I often run to comfort eating to deal with feelings in the midst of suffering hardship. That's me. Potato chips and french fries. And that's unhealthy. What are your unhealthy places? Not everybody's emotional either, like me. Where's your unhealthy place that you run to to deal with your feelings? The feelings we, we feel while in the midst of suffering, they don't have to lead to unhealthy places. They can lead to healthy places, to trustworthy people, to counselors, and to Jesus himself. And that's what James wants for us. He doesn't want us to live with with a defeated, despairing spirit because of what we're going through. He doesn't want us to live with a self-fulfilling prophecy that says, my life is always going to suck. Nothing good ever happens for me. This is just my luck. God is good to everybody else, but poor old me, he's never good. You don't have to live in defeatedness in the midst of your suffering, and nor do you have to suffer in silence. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to enter this place each week pretending your life and your family is perfect. Keeping up appearances will eventually burn you out. I don't have it all together. I don't have a perfect family. We struggle. We don't. We don't have it. If that's what your expectations of me, then you need to go find another church. Because I struggle, and I talk about my struggles from the pulpit. Redemptively. I ain't going to share everything with y'all. Let's be yeah. unwise. It's okay to be honest and transparent about what's going on in your life. It's okay. It's okay. When prayer is a rhythm of your life, you have freely cast all your sufferings on Jesus. Are you casting them there? Who are you running to at this moment? He may remove the suffering, or he may strengthen you to persevere through it. And taking your sufferings to, to the Lord is known as prayers of supplication. And, and Elder Goodson just prayed for that earlier. And prayers of supplication is you pleading humbly to God for help because you can't help yourself. Do you plead humbly to Jesus for help? I know this is anti-American because as Americans we, we pull ourselves up. But that's not kingdom. That's not Christianity. Psalm 18.6 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. And my cry reached his ears. Do you believe your cries reaches the ears of God as a Christian? I'm not talking about right now, because everybody's going to say yeah now. I'm talking about in the midst of whatever you're going through, when you're offering up those prayers, when you're on your knees praying, do you believe they're reaching the throne of God? Do you really believe that? There's a hymn that says, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus wants to hear your prayers of supplication. You're never interrupting him with your mess. He welcomes it. In fact, he died for it. You're never interrupting him. That's what he's there for. Go to him. Now, prayer supplication, that's one side of Christian prayer. It's not the only side. There's a second side. And one Christian author says this turning to God in need is half the truth. Turning to Him in praise, either in the church or alone when wanted cheerful, is the other half. Prayer suffocation and prayer praise are both sides of Christian prayer. Both that can be unforced rhythms of grace. And James says, if anyone among you cheerful, Let that person sing praise. Are you cheerful? Notice he doesn't say we're singing praises to ourselves. We're not giving the praise to our jobs, to our material possessions, to our achievements, to the success of our kids. We sing praises to the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we can do that individually. We can do that corporately. Psalm 115 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. When was the last time you just praised God in prayer? Just praised him. When was the last time the goodness in your life and the cheerfulness in your life that led you to sing songs of praise? outside this space. Please, we have to understand something as believers, that we give up a certain vibe when we don't pray to God when life is well in our life. This is true for us individually. This can be true for us as a corporate church. We give off this, I'm the only reason why my life is well kind of vibe. We pat ourselves on the back. Good job, Pastor. We high-five ourselves because we're the reason life is good. The Lord is nowhere in the equation. I mean, we're all guilty of stealing God's glory. We want the credit. We want the recognition. We want the praise. But Isaiah 42 says, this is what God is saying. I'm the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no one, nor my praise to idols. And in the Hebrew, it means the same thing. That means he doesn't give his praise even to his kids. He doesn't give his glory even to his beloved. He gives you a lot of stuff, but he ain't giving you his glory. He ain't giving it to you. He wants his flowers. And when you're praising him, that's you giving him his flowers for all that he's doing in your life. Are you giving God his flowers. None of our lives are perfect, but there's things going on in our life where we can praise God for. There is. Hezekiah Walker has a son that says, I'm grateful for the things that you have done. Yes, I'm grateful for the victories we won. I go on and on and on about your works. Because I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful just to praise you, Lord. Flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. is gratefulness. Is anyone here grateful? For what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do in your life as his beloved. Is anyone here cheerful? Then give God the praise. Give him the honor. Give him the glory. And not lip service. And not lip service. When prayer is a rhythm in your life, you will offer God prayers of praise. You will praise your triune God daily. And these pray, prayers of praises, they, were, they express themselves In two ways, do you know the ways? It's adoration and it's thanksgiving. Adoration is you praising God for who he is. Who is he? Redeemer. King. Savior. Father. Sustainer. Provider. Holy. Just. Love. Righteous. Merciful. He's all those things. And you can give him that adoration daily. And thanksgiving is you praising God for what he has done in your life, in this world. Thanking him for his blessings. Do we practice adoration? Do we practice thanksgiving? Yeah, please understand, we are worshiping creatures as human beings. Like we're not self-existing like God. So we're, we're praising someone or something for what's going on in our life. You're either praising the one true God, or you're praising yourself, or you're praising some idol. You're praising someone and something. It could be your kids. It could be your spouse. It could be good things. It could be the very blessings that God has given you. Richard Foster, in his book, Finding the Heart's True Home, says that intercession is a way of loving others. Innocentary prayer is selfless prayer, even life-giving prayer. Innocentary prayer is, is priestly ministry. And, and one of the most challenging teachings in the New Testament is the universal priesthood of all Christians, said Foster. As priests appointed and anointed by God, we have the honor of going before the Most High on behalf of others. This is not optional. It is a sacred obligation and a precious privilege For all who take up the yoke of Christ. You see, intercessory prayer is another type of prayer that's at the disposal of all believers. It's at your disposal, individually and corporately. To intercede means to stand in the gap for other people before your God. It's praying into the sufferings and, and heartaches of other people, your neighbor's. Look at verse 14. James says, if anyone among you is sick, let him, call, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And sickness can be emotional, physical, spiritual, or mental. And James says you can call the elders of your church if you're sick. When was the last time you called your elders here to pray over you and your family? When? When was the last time you said, Pastor Al, I need you and the elders to come on? We'll come over. i bring my olive oil. We'll I don't know it all y'all. And pray over you. Do you believe intercessory prayer is real? Call your elders, Richard, DeMarco, Dennis, Larry, myself, and we will come over and pray over your family. James says, And the prayer of faith of those praying will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up on the last day. But what in the world does that mean? It means God works through intercessory prayer of his people. It means prayer really makes a difference. It really means God is still in the business of healing people. It can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual. James says, "If, If the person has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. That you may be healed. Again, saints, do you believe prayer makes a difference? Do you believe it? Who do you intercede for in this church? Who are you interceding for in your family? Amongst your friend groups? And will you let others intercede for you? James also said we should confess our sins to one another. That's another aspect of prayer. Now you, can't, you don't confess them to everybody, but is there a group of people in this church who know your sin struggles that you can call up and say, I need to confess something to your brother or sister? That's community. That's community. When prayer is a rhythm in, in, in our life and in our church, we will make it a priority to intercede for one another. We will even make it a priority to participate in our monthly prayer service. Held here second Wednesday of every month, led by our sister Emma. And if you and she needs volunteers, if you are a prayer warrior, you love to pray, see Sister Emma, and she puts you in the rotation. Put it into practice, saints. You can join over Zoom, or you can come here in the sanctuary to be part of that. In verse seventeen, James said, "The prayer of a righteous person has great power, as it is working." Two things are brought together in that verse. Do you know what it is? Two truths, two theological truths that the Bible talks about are brought together in that one verse. The divine element, the human element. The sovereignty of God and man's responsibility are at work in Christian prayer. Do you believe that? The phrase, as it is working, deals with the effectiveness of prayer. It deals with who makes prayer work. Who makes it work? Prayer doesn't make itself effective. Nor do human beings make prayer effective. The, the, The effectiveness of prayer depends on the deity you pray to. Prayers offered to idols and false gods are not effective. You can pray all night long to an idol and those prayers are not heard. You are praying into the void into the deep and they are never heard so the effectiveness of prayer always depends upon the god that you pray to the god is the one who makes prayer powerful the god is the one who makes prayer works and for the christians we pray to yahweh elohim you saw the images from that telescope right your god made that and that's who you pray to No Big Bang did that. Your God did that. And when you're praying, you're praying to the God who made that. And as Christians, no other group of people get to do what we do when it comes to this. Our prayers are actually heard. But do we bend the knee expecting them to be heard? Where are you, saints? Where are you? He hears our prayers, he hears our cries, he hears our praises, he hears our intercessory prayers, he hears our prayers of confection, and he makes them effective. And please understand, something supernatural happens when we're praying. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, he's not the C-team, he's just as important as the other two. He's at work in your prayer life. He helps us to pray. Paul says in Romans 8, like the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches the heart and knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. Think about that. That is happening. That's a spiritual reality happening. That's your advocate. As you're praying, the Spirit is also praying. And think about this. He's doing this even when you're not praying. Even when you're sleeping at the night, the Spirit is interceding on your behalf. Because He's not dependent upon you to do His work. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? But what about the human element? He said the prayers of a righteous person has great power. What does that mean? What is James talking about? He says there's much power in the prayer of a righteous person. And a righteous person is one who has saving faith in Jesus. That's the righteous person. The righteousness isn't self-righteousness. It's not morality. It's not you being a good southern person. It's not works-based. It's the righteousness of God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's Christ's righteousness that has been credited to each of you if you have faith in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is the verse everyone here should memorize. For our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's Christ. So the question is, do you believe and trust in Jesus? If you don't, then your prayers are not heard. They're not. Your prayers are not heard. If you want the one true God to hear your prayers, then you need to do that first prayer, and that is a prayer of confession and repentance to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you want forgiveness, then you got to come to Jesus. If you want your prayers heard, you have to come to Jesus, okay? If you want peace, you have to come to Jesus. If you want your sins forgiven, then you have to come to Jesus. And all you got to do right now is is confess and repent and surrender your life to him in faith. And you will be cleansed. And you will be part of the family. And then your prayers going forward will be heard as a son and daughter of God. That is the prerequisite to having your prayers heard by God. You have to have faith in his son. Period. It's through faith in Jesus Christ that we are righteous people and it's true faith in Jesus that a righteous person has prayer power. So we always compare, we always think we're the ones who make our prayer life powerful. But it's Jesus in you that makes it powerful. It's not the format. Praise, observation, confession, all the, the format we have for prayer, that don't make prayer powerful. It's the spirit in Jesus that makes it powerful. That's what makes it Powerful. One of my seminary professors says, prayer power requires maturity. The righteous person in this verse is referring to a believer who is maturing in their faith. And that prayer power, this is strong, persistent prayer, diligent prayer, competent prayer. That's what uh, prayer power is. Jesus says in um, John 11, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. That's prayer power. Doing what Jesus does. It's knowing and expecting the same thing. Luke 4, Luke, in Luke 22, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Prayer power, prayer power also means being honest with the Father about what you're going through, but also your willingness to submit to his will in your life, in this church, and in the world. Because at the end of the day, it is going to be his way. And you have so much peace and so much joy if you accept that. Acceptance and surrendering is a beautiful thing when it comes to God's work in your life. Dr. Kelly also says, Jesus knew his prayers to his father were effective. This means the more like Jesus we become, the more our asking becomes like his asking. That's maturity. That's prayer power. And prayer power is prayer that's rightly directed to God in an attitude of humility. It's not supposed to be a display of your reputation and your righteousness and your glory, but it's just humility before the Father and your dependency upon him. And the example that uh, uh, James gives us is an example of Elijah. Everyone here would see Elijah as a hero of the faith. But James says he was just an ordinary dude, just like us. He wasn't some, some superhero. He was just an average Joe. But he prayed, expecting his God to move, and God moved. And so what Jesus said, just be ordinary. You don't have to be extraordinary. Just be regular in your prayer life. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you the faith to expect me to move and to answer your prayers. Sometimes the answer will be yes. Sometimes it will be no. But he will answer. He will answer. I want you to look at the table before you. This is one of the ways in which God strengthens his people is through this meal and so if you are in a place where you're like I need some spiritual nourishment pastor because I'm I'm struggling to believe all that you just said then this meal here is for you and Jesus invites anyone here who has saving faith in him to partake of this meal uh, with us as as a body and friends and neighbors if you do not profess faith in Christ I'm glad that you're here. And if you have questions about what it means to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you can please see me after the service. And adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to this table by the elders of the church that you are a member of. And kids, can I have the attention of all TVC kids? I want all the kids here to know that this meal is proclaiming Christ's love for you that he actually died on the cross for your sins. And as your pastor, it is my prayer that each of you one day will come to saving faith in him and be able to partake of this meal with your church family. Until then, just observe what we're doing. And if you have questions, you can ask me. If you're afraid to ask me questions, ask your mom and dad, uh, and they will email or text me, and then i give you the answer if I, can, if I have the answer. So I'm going to... Bless the elements. Now, before the elements go out, if you we have prepackaged ones, if you want those, please let the elders know. And we're also going to, have to bring the bread and juice, so that prepackage will go out with the bread. And so, if you want one, let the elders know as the elements are coming out. So, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will take uh, these common elements, this bread, this juice, and use them to. Nourishment to God's people here. Now, each of us need encouragement. Each of us are dealing with things, and I pray that as we partake of these elements, that we would truly believe something supernatural is happening. We're not just doing this to check a box. I truly believe that that you minister to us through this supper, and you know what we're dealing with, and so minister to us in the ways that we need to be ministered to through these elements. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. I call the elders forward. Serve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given things, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. is Christ's body broken for you. Eat of it. took the cup and having given thanks he gave it to his disciples and said this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the person against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord have not forsaken those who seek you. This is Christ's blood, shed for all your sins, past, present, drink from it, all of you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that even now you're still interceding on our behalf. And I pray as we leave this place today and we go and begin our week next week, we'll go out with a greater assurance of confidence that you will hear every prayer that we're offered up to you this upcoming week. And I pray for all this in your name. Amen. Will you please stand, saints, as we close our service? I'm so sure you all know this
1: song. Thank you.
3: worship with us today and here's god's benediction to his beloved now may the lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the lord god be with you all and all god's people said amen Amen. greet one another saints